Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to this special episode for Baby Loss Awareness Week 2021. Today, we are handing over our platform to incredible women so that they can share their baby loss experience. And before we hear their stories, we just want to say a big, big thank you. It's not easy to share your story, but we really do hope that if you are going through something similar at the moment, or you know somebody that is, this will help in some way. We feel like it's really important to open up all conversations. Um, So yeah, thank you to those ladies. Um, Also, trigger warning, this episode does discuss baby loss and miscarriage in a lot of detail. So if this isn't the right time for you, then please do feel free to pause the episode and come back later right let's hand over to these amazing women we are sending so much love to you all i absolutely love your podcast and the last episode like this with all the um amazing ladies sharing their stories i found to be really empowering so um i thought i would share mine this time um in case it helps anybody who might be going through something similar so yeah my story is that um last christmas we found out we were pregnant and we were absolutely real delighted um Went for our 12-week scan and unfortunately found out that um, there was no heartbeat at the scan. Of course, we were devastated and we were actually told at the scan that they wanted us to come back in a week's time just to be certain that it hadn't grown, um, that it's 99% sure that it wouldn't grow because obviously there was no heartbeat, but they wanted to be extra sure. So we had to come back um, in a week's time. Obviously, waiting for that week was just awful knowing that there was something inside me that, you know, for 12 weeks I thought was going to be a baby, but um, knowing it was in there and probably wasn't going to be was was horrendous and it was a really long week. Um, But we went back for the scan and found out, yeah, as they suspected, see it hadn't grown, no heartbeat. And um, so I met with the doctor who went through my options and he said I could wait for it to happen naturally, but it hadn't so far. Um, and actually with the size of the baby, um, it was too big to take any medication for. It could lead to complications, so he wouldn't recommend it, and they recommended that I had surgery. So I booked in for the surgery a couple of days later. You know, while it was awful, afterwards I just felt kind of, you know, relieved that it was over and I could start getting on with things again and we could start trying again, maybe. Um, a couple of days later, so two days after the surgery, I actually got a call from the doctor to say that they'd looked at what they'd taken out and could see that I'd had something called a partial molar pregnancy 
which was not something that I'd heard of before at all. Um, she told me a little bit about it on the phone, but said I should come into the hospital and speak to the nurse at the Mola clinic um, at the hospital, which had a special Mola clinic. So I went in and met with the nurse, who was absolutely lovely, um, and she told me all about it. And it basically means that if any cells are left in your body, if they didn't take manage to take everything out during the surgery, these cells can multiply and be really dangerous. They can actually become cancerous. Um, so I absolutely couldn't get pregnant um, for at least six months or until I'm discharged by the consultant. And I would have to come in every week for to the hospital for weekly blood tests where they would measure my HCG levels. Basically, they need my HCG levels to go down every week. Um, if they were to go up, then it would mean that the cells could be multiplying and that could be really dangerous. So obviously, this was a lot to take in because I wanted to start trying again. I absolutely hate needles, so the thought of going in for blood test every week was just horrendous. But obviously, I did. And thankfully, my levels were going down really nicely. And once they were satisfied they were going down, I was able to move from weekly blood tests to sort of fortnightly and then monthly. And actually, this week, um, I've finally been discharged by the consultant, which means that um, I can start. we can start trying again. Um... It does mean, however, that my chances of having a partial molar pregnancy again are much higher because I've already had one. So I suppose we'll just keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best and see what happens. But the fact that it's gone on so long has just been, um, it's been awful. And I just sending, you know, strength and love to anybody who's going through the same thing or has been through something similar. It's really, really tough. So hopefully just know that you're not alone. I'd never heard of this before, but there are people going through the same thing and there's great podcasts and things that um, you can listen to um, which might help but sending strength and love to anyone who might need it thank you so much for listening thank you so much for doing this segment again i am a long time listener you definitely helped me through my first pregnancy 18 months ago when i had my first child it was during the pandemic and my family's in australia so it was very alone time and um the podcast definitely got me through so thank you for that and consistently listening to you guys um and i remember hearing the segment that you did last year and it was really touching and really moving never did i think i'd need to take on the advice um but only just two weeks ago now my husband and i went in for our 12-week scan and um yeah we heard the words um sorry your baby has no heartbeat we saw the picture in front of us and because we had we've already had our first um we knew what the picture was meant to be like and we both were kind of waiting for her to zoom in more and it just never happened there was days of um absolute loneliness um it was just the most lonely feeling not that people weren't there to support but you just you know, you, you just, it, it's just a different feeling of loneliness. Like you just didn't want to talk about it. You didn't want to reach out. You just wanted to kind of bury your head in the sand. And um, for about five days, that's what I did. I couldn't even speak to my family. And my husband kept saying, you know, you should speak to someone. And I, I was just, you know, going through the grief at that time and I was really angry and I was just like, I've got nothing to say to anyone, you know, like, what am I meant to say? You know, it, it took me a time and then I remembered your podcast, that segment, and I listened to it again and it really, 
really from the bottom of my heart helped me so much. I actually was a bit scared to listen to it. You know, it did bring up the emotions again, but it was almost like a, a doorway to the closure realm. It was just so lovely listening to all the strong ladies last year just talking about their experiences. You know, light at the end of the tunnel because they then got pregnant again. So, you know, there was that hope element. As I said, mine was only two weeks ago, so um, I don't have that hope element yet, but I'm definitely feeling more positive. Yeah, my outlook on getting pregnant again and, and carrying a baby for term again, you know, it's a possibility. And I know it's... I now know that, you know that really it does happen, you know, miscarriage does happen to one in four, they say. And I just don't think it's spoken about enough. As soon as I started speaking about it, people were then opening up and saying, oh, yeah, my mum had six miscarriages and, oh, yeah, my sister had two miscarriages. And it's really not spoken about enough and it really should be because, as I said, you know, it really helped me, really helped me get through it. And then since then, because we had the silent miscarriage, we had to go into surgery to remove the baby. And so that was that was tough in itself as well, um, especially COVID. My husband couldn't be there with me and, again, quite isolating, quite lonely. But, again, listening to your podcasts, you know, I was calling people by then and I was messaging people and I was able to speak about it with a little bit more ease and not so many tears. And every day it does get better. I'm so glad you're doing this segment again and I really hope that I'm able to help maybe someone (laughs) and, you know, just to let you know that it's okay. Um, I know that it's shit, (laughs) but it it will be okay and it's okay to feel all those emotions that you feel, but every day it does get a little bit better and definitely try when you're ready to talk about it. We're all standing with you. We're all standing beside you. But yeah, thanks, girls. Um, Zoe Georgia, thank you so much again. Okay, bye. So I'm here to tell you about my baby loss story. It happened on my second pregnancy. We currently have a two-year-old girl and thought now is a natural time for us to think about a brother or sister for her. We fell pregnant pretty quickly and I knew I was pregnant because I had all the symptoms that I had with our little girl. I took the test and was over the moon that we'd fallen pregnant. We didn't tell anyone as I wanted to have a scan and tell people with a scan photo to show them. Um, I had my uh, eight-week midwife appointment, which was exciting and went absolutely fine. And following that, we booked a private scan when I was 10 weeks, um, ready to tell family a following couple of days after at party that we were going to. We went to the private scan. The sonographer was lovely, made me feel comfortable. And they'd asked why we'd bit the scan. And I said to see the baby and let the family know that weekend. I remember the room was really quiet. Um, and I was just looking at the ceiling, thinking, it's been a while, I'm going to have to say something in a minute. Um, like, something wrong? As I was thinking that, he turned to me and said, I'm sorry to say it, but there's no heartbeat. I don't remember much after that because I think I was just in shock. I hadn't experienced any cramping or any bleeding or any signs of a miscarriage. So I wasn't expecting to come out of that room without a baby scan photo. The rest of the day was a bit of a blur. I just remember crying a lot and sitting in silence processing that our baby had not survived. The next day we went to our local hospital 
and we explained what happened at the private scan and they said that they needed to have a little scan for themselves to see what was going on, which they did and they confirmed that we had had a missed miscarriage. They confirmed it was a missed miscarriage because I hadn't experienced any miscarriage symptoms and they said that the baby has stopped developing at around six weeks. They then gave us options on managing the miscarriage, which again, I found difficult to think about and process. It was all a bit of a whirlwind. After talking to my partner, we decided that the surgery management route would be best decision for us, which we then had the following week. I am now eight weeks post-surgery. My hormones have settled down and I'm feeling more normal. I take each day as it comes and some days I might see something that triggers me into grieving for our, our baby that we wasn't able to carry past six weeks and that my body wanted to hold on to. But then I remind myself of all the positives in my life and one day I hope to have a successful pregnancy and bring home a brother or sister for a little girl. I've found family and friends that have been able to talk to me about it really helpful. So I just think if you just let, if you know someone that's experiencing miscarriage, baby loss, to just say that you're there if they need someone to talk to, because I've just found that really reassuring and helpful. And I hope this, my story helps. Thank you. I should probably start by saying that I've got a miracle baby. We had a baby in March 2020 after being told that we wouldn't be able to conceive naturally. We had IVF and um, had my little baby boy and he's just amazing. And so after being told that we wouldn't be able to conceive naturally because I had a low AMH level, uh, which is your egg reserve, and my husband had low sperm count, then in January this year, 2021, I had what I thought was a heavy period, um, but after passing like a substantial product, I thought maybe I could have been pregnant. So I took a pregnancy test and it turned out I was pregnant. Um, so I'd fallen pregnant naturally. I wasn't too upset about this because um, it was almost good news that I could get pregnant naturally and potentially it would happen again in the future. So then a couple of months after that, I fell pregnant naturally again. I found out quite early this time I took a pregnancy test and I had all of the usual symptoms, um, horrible morning sickness and things like that. Um, we decided not to tell anyone, any family members or anything, uh, just until we had the 12-week scan. At our 12-week scan, we were told that the NT was raised, which is the nuchal translucency, which shows up, I think, down Edwards and Patau's and maybe some other things um it was only slightly raised it was 3.9 and i think 3.5 is the normal figure um so we ref referred to a fetal medicine department um there we had another ultrasound scan and it was showed that the nt had raised even further it was now at 4.5 and the ultrasound scan also found fluid on the lungs so it didn't look very good but the sonographer kept stressing that the baby was very busy and he counted the fingers and toes there didn't seem to be any other problems we were given the option to have a cvs procedure where placenta fluid is drained from the stomach using a needle and a local anesthetic so i decided to to go for that 
um, wasn't too painful a procedure. I think the risk of miscarriage was 1%, but the risks to us, the benefits seemed to outweigh the risks and the risk was very low at 1%. So a couple of days later, I was phoned with the results of that procedure and I was told that it was a Down syndrome diagnosis and also um, about the, the fluid on the lungs. So I met with a local midwife the next day. Um, I was asked if we wanted a decision-making counselling meeting, but me and my husband just wanted to make the decision on our own. Um, I think we'd already made the decision by then. We knew that there were problems with this pregnancy. It, it didn't feel right even. And obviously with the Down syndrome and the fluid on the lungs, they weren't even sure if the pregnancy would, would continue naturally anyway. Um, so I was given options for termination, um, which we decided to do. I did speak about how I have really bad anxiety and whether a surgical termination would be possible under general anaesthetic. So the less I knew about it would be the better. But I was told that that would be unlikely because my gestation now was almost 15 weeks. Um, and so with the risk of damage to the womb and blood loss, um, they wouldn't be happy to sign off a surgical termination. So it would have to be a medical termination. I was referred to another hospital who would be carrying out the surgical termination the next day. Um, I explained again about my anxiety but they said a surgical termination was very very unlikely. Um, so I filled in the consent form with the ward sister. Um, she asked what we wanted to do with the baby once it was delivered. I think your options are sensitive incineration, cremation, burial or you could take it home to make your own arrangements. Um, but she advised that we could decide before leaving the hospital when the baby's delivered. Um, so I was told to come back two days later with an overnight bag, which hopefully I shouldn't need because I should be out the same day. Um, and I was given an oral tablet, I think it's Mavopristone, which stops the key pregnancy hormone. So this stops the pregnancy, basically. I was advised that my husband could come up um, when I was called back two days later, which was really good news because I wasn't sure with Covid whether he would be allowed to come. So two days later my husband drove me up. I was sick on the way because of nerves and anxiety. Um, we were given a private room. We were asked whether we would like to see the baby when it was delivered but we decided no. Um, we were told, I think the word the nurse used was it wasn't gruesome but we decided no it would just be too hard to see. So then that day the nurses started administering the pessary. So I had a, the first pessary. Um, I didn't have any pain or bleeding. I felt completely normal. By the time the nurse put the second pessary in three hours later, she advised that bleeding had started. And then I think it was between the second and third pessary, pain started. And it wasn't long before I was in severe pain. I was only given paracetamol to ease the pain, which didn't help at all. The bleeding started to be extreme. Um, I was told that but before going through it, I was told that it would be like a mini pregnant, a mini labour. But this seemed like a full blown labour, although I didn't have labour with my son because I had an emergency caesarean. But this seemed excruciating pain. The cramping was just insane. I was brought in gas near, um, but that made me physically sick. So um, I stopped on that. Um, I just seemed to pass a lot of clots, but nothing more substantial. Um, I was finally given a shot of pethidine after shouting for more pain relief, and that really eased my pain. So then I had fourth pessary, 
still no progress and five is all they allow you in a row. So at 2am I was examined by a doctor before having the fifth pessary um, or the examination was so painful and unpleasant and he actually struggled to see anything because I have a retroverted uterus which makes examinations even more painful. So there didn't seem to be any progress if I was given the fifth pessary and then I went to sleep that night finally and nothing happened so in the morning I had to have a scan to see why things hadn't progressed um, and I was told that they'd give me a break that day but then they'd have to start the whole process again the next day which really floored me I didn't think I could go through it again but um, they still weren't happy to do a surgical termination so the next day obviously so that would be the third day I was in hospital, having been told that I'd be out the same day. I was given the pessaries again. Um, they gave me codamol for pain this time, which seemed to work for a while. But then um, by the afternoon, I was in severe pain again. I couldn't even speak to my husband. I couldn't eat. Um, it was excruciating. The pain was all in my lower back. It was like I'd been shot. Um, a lot of clots and products were were being passed but nothing more substantial and then I felt a, a lot of loss um, and I told my husband to shout for the nurses so they came in I told my husband to, to go out because I didn't think he'd want to see if I was passing the baby but anyway it turns out it wasn't the baby it was just a lot of clots again um, so the doctor came and told me that they would have to manually remove the pregnancy which obviously scared me um, I was given gas and air again and told how to properly use it so this time it worked um, I think it helped that I was I felt away with the theories because I didn't want to be too aware of what was happening so um, the doctor came and removed the baby naturally which was excruciating I just felt everything that was happening but obviously I was um, a little bit away with it as well so I was told when the baby and the placenta were out but the nurses um, took it away straight away because we'd previously told them that we didn't want to see anything when the baby was out the pain was almost immediately relieved I did just feel like I'd been hit by a bus after after all that I'd been through it was just really tough to get over we want to do something in memory of the baby maybe plant a tree in our garden and we were told a couple of days later as well that it was another little boy so it would have been a little brother for our boy um so I don't think it's something you ever get over but the pain does get easier experience with pregnancy loss is going to a scan and hearing the words I'm sorry there's no heartbeat. I always knew of the risk of miscarriage but it's not until it happened to me that I realised just how hard it is a thing to go through both physically and emotionally. It was my first pregnancy and a very much longed for and loved baby after years of trying to conceive and going through IVF to do so. Anyone going through pregnancy loss deserves proper support for it. From my personal experience and from talking to others that have been in the same situation, this often isn't the case. My advice to anyone going through it is to seek out support. If it helps, talk to people. I found that it helped me talking about my baby. It was a little bit of a weird situation in that I hadn't told some people that I was pregnant and then I was telling them that I had a miscarriage, but I found it helpful anyway. And there are great support 
groups and charities, so seek them out. Be patient with yourself. It is a big deal and a lot to go through. Prioritise your well-being and look into therapy or healing treatments if you think that that might help you. For anyone listening to this podcast who wants to be a support to someone going through pregnancy loss, just let them know that you're there for them. I know it can be awkward and hard to know what to say, but reach out and say something. Anything is better than nothing. And for me, I wanted people to acknowledge that I had been pregnant and that it was my baby. Just a tip as well, that if you are reaching out to someone, anything that begins with at least usually isn't helpful. So at least you can get pregnant was one I got a few times, or at least it was early. Something like, I'm sorry for your loss, or I'm here for you, or getting them a little present or a card is always nice and a lot more helpful. I saw that you put out on your Instagram today, you wanted people to share stories of baby loss and um, with it being Mental Health Day as well, I thought I should share my story today because I think it's important for everybody to share their stories um, and also it might give me a little bit of relief today to kind of talk about this and digest what's actually happened because it's very raw, it's happened in the last 24 hours although it's been going on for two weeks. Even though I've been going through this experience and they say it's one in four, I've found that I haven't really had many people to talk to that have been through it. One friend, but her experience was quite different to mine. Um, I knew one other person who's I'm not very close with, so you don't know whether you can message them because you don't want it to be triggering. But yeah, anyway, so I found out I was pregnant. I fell pregnant straight away and like couldn't really believe my luck. I thought it's kind of too good to be true. You hear all these stories and I wish I'd not thought that. But um, yeah, although I have a son who's two, um, this baby was really, really wanted. You let yourself get so excited and I was so, so happy. Yeah, the happiness was short-lived and two weeks after I found out, I had a really small bleed. But I'd also had really bad, like, back pain, period pain that day. I was just worried because I hadn't had any of these symptoms with my past pregnancy and I only had that to compare it with. On Google, it says it's quite normal for people to have um, bleeds or aches and pains, but I just felt like it wasn't normal for me. I found... um, a private clinic in bank so went all the way into town to have the scan um, because I just knew I was worried and not sleep etc I they they told me that they could see the sack and the yolk and that was pregnant but it was too early to um, see anything else basically I had to come back in two weeks so I left there feeling I know just still unsure but you know I hadn't had the back the worst news yeah I was trying to be positive and then four days later on the Wednesday I was putting Rudy to bed and I just had like a big bleed like period so I rang 111 and they said to go to the hospital which I did um I was waiting in A&E for about three hours I wasn't given any blood tests um I I just had my normal OBS taken and then they said to come in for a scan the following day into the early pregnancy unit. So um, I went there, had an internal scan and was told the same. You can see the second the yolk is too early, you're going to have to come back in two weeks. Um, And at that point I was just really like upset. I wanted 
to have some clarity. It had been now five days since the first bleed, two scans, a hospital appointment, and I was no clearer to what was going on. So then I had like five days of no bleeding, not really any aches and pains, and I started to feel really positive, like I felt pregnant. And yeah, I just really felt hope, hopeful again. And then um, on the Friday of this weekend, I um, started having bleeding again. Then it went into Saturday. And then yesterday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, I just had the most excruciating pain I've ever experienced in my life. I was in absolute agony um, and had to get an ambulance. I was then taken to hospital. I was on my own and um, I was waiting for almost four hours before I was seen by anyone. I don't know, I, I, was, I was felt really angry because I was like sitting there going through a lot and nobody, you know, was seeing me, talking to me. Anyway, eventually I did get seen by the doctor. This time my bloods were taken. Um, my stomach was checked because it was actually tender to touch. Um, and my, I had a temperature and my white blood cells showed that I had an infection. Um, they think it's a urine infection, but they don't know until today, I think it takes a while to get the results but meanwhile at the hospital I also had um, two massive bleeds past clots like tissue um, and so we think the miscarriage happened yesterday at the hospital um, they're pretty certain I have to go back tomorrow to check that everything has passed um, yeah it's just been a really emotionally draining um, roller coaster over two weeks. I don't think I knew how painful a miscarriage could be, um, how long it could go on for. The, I think the hardest bit was the waiting and like n not knowing answers. So yesterday when it happened, I was eight weeks and four or five days, I think it is. It's just been absolutely awful. I always knew going, being pregnant a second time, that I'd be really anxious and nervous and just, you know, clinging on to getting to 32 weeks, which is when my son was born. He was a preemie and I'm so lucky that he is perfect. There's nothing wrong with him. Um, but I didn't realise that the anxiety would come this early into the pregnancy. And just like going to the hospital was really hard because it brought so brought back so many memories of Rudy being there he he spent the first 20 days of his life there and I couldn't be with him and um yeah just when I walked there that first time when I went in to check if my wards broke I had no idea that I wouldn't be leaving the hospital and that my son was going to be born you know two days later and I felt like, oh, I've come here again. It's just kind of a negative experience. Although, obviously, in the end with Rudy, everything's worked out. Still really scary. And yeah, I just think you can't take for granted being pregnant um, and having a healthy baby at the end. is just, you are just so lucky. I'm so lucky to have him. But yeah, no pregnancy is easy. It's really hard. It's really... It's just so precious and 
there's nothing you can do, you're, you, you know, you can't, you're not in control of your body, and that's what's quite scary, you know, it's just, whatever it's going to be, is going to be, but um, I think that, yeah, I think that it's really important to share your story, because I was searching for people's experiences on Google, and Mumsnet, and everyone's story is different, so the more that are out there, maybe people can relate, and um, I don't think it is spoken enough amongst peers. I mean, I'm guilty because I've been avoiding people and stuff because I haven't wanted to talk about it. I haven't wanted people to ask me. It's kind of common knowledge that I wanted another baby, so it's on people's radars. But um, I will definitely be open about it um, moving forward just when I feel ready. Um, but yeah, I think it's amazing what you're doing with this podcast and sharing everyone's stories. I thought I would share my story. Um, I had a gorgeous little baby um, called Teddy, who um, is now 18 months. I had her March of last year. And then very surprisingly, I got pregnant. Like when I say surprise, complete surprise. Like, really honest, barely having sex. Um, <laughs> I found out I was pregnant when she was 10 months. And actually, when I found out, I reacted quite badly. I was really upset because I was so worried about taking the attention away from my still very small child. And I wasn't really that happy about it. And then I found out my best friend was also pregnant. We told each other very early on. And then you get your head around it. And I always knew I wanted more than one child. Um... So I then started Googling double buggies and, and all this and think, oh my God, it's going to be madness. But I kind of live off madness. I kind of love a bit, love a bit of stress, if you know what I mean. I, I can't think of when it was, but like the week before I went for an early scan and we were going to have an early scan, a harmony test at 10 weeks. And the week leading up to that, I just kept saying to my friend, I just don't feel pregnant. And she was like, yeah, yeah, but neither do I. And I was like, no, 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 but honestly, like, I really, I really don't. And I don't know if it's a gut instinct, um, because I went for the 10-week scan, um, a private one, and she did the the jelly or whatever and the thing, and then she went very, very quiet. And I then convinced myself, oh, my God, maybe there was never a baby there at all, because I wasn't showing or anything. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's about to tell me there's nothing there. And I went jokingly, is there anything even in there? And then she looked me in the eye and said, I'm really sorry. Um, I can't find a heartbeat. And then it kind of hits you that, oh God, I've got a dead baby. Sorry, this really sounds really harsh, but I've got a dead baby inside me. And the emotions of then oh, actually, I really want this child, and I can't. And I, the sh- I think the shock, because um, this was, I found out this in March of this year, and we're now in October, of I couldn't quite get my head around that she told me that, because I literally, last year, had just had the healthiest baby, so how on earth has this baby died? Um, and I was really crap about talking about this. I didn't want to talk about it with friends then, or really anyone my coping mechanism was just not really to talk about it I don't know why I just didn't want to so I'm quite open about talking about it now because um, I've had time I think but I mean I think talking is a really good thing I just couldn't do it 
and I don't know if sharing this is helpful to anyone but I thought I'd share so yeah I think maybe being in that room when they actually told me they couldn't find the heartbeat was all a bit of a blur and then I called my husband and annoyingly we just moved into our brand new house that day and I could only get a nighttime scan so that I'd go and he'd look after the baby at home Um, because it was during Covid times we couldn't all go in so and it was an hour away and then I told him on the phone they had to go back in obviously they wouldn't do the harmony test and then oh god I had to pay them for the bloody appointment so they've just told you this awful news and then you've got to pay I don't know why that payment felt so weird and then I had to drive an hour home and I kind of lost it in the car and I spoke to my mum and she wasn't expecting me to say that the baby had died and oh I feel a bit emotional talking about it now though how funny oh dear um Anyway, what, what I think is really important is to know about miscarriages is that I didn't have any signs. That baby was not moving. Like, I didn't have any bleeding. I didn't have any pain. The baby's heartbeat stopped. And they actually was able to tell me that it stopped quite specifically on, like, a certain day. And so I was frantically trying to figure out what I was doing on that day. Um, and I lead a very physical lifestyle as a, a dance coach. So I was thinking, oh God, did I do a stupid move? But I mean, I danced throughout the whole of my first pregnancy. So it's silly to think like that. With the miscarriage then, I had to wait and go get it approved by the NHS. So I had to go to the hospital. Then I had to choose my method and I wasn't able to have the surgery due to COVID because I'd have to isolate for two weeks. and I wasn't able to do that. So I went for an MVA. And you think it sounds absolutely awful, but I really got my head in the zone and I managed to get through that and it was okay. But then a couple of weeks later, I had some very funny discharge and I called out, I think it was a third week later and I just said, look, I just think something's a bit funny. Can I be checked? And I had to go in for another scan and I was told by someone that wasn't a senior doctor that there was still product of my pregnancy left, which is the the words that they use, product of your pregnancy, the terminology. So in my uneducated, non-doctor brain, that meant that I still had a part of a small child inside me. I know that sounds awful, but that's how I envisaged it. So I then had to rebook in, but then was a bank holiday. So I wasn't able to rebook in for another procedure until 10 days later. Got myself all in a flap and then a nurse went to me, you know, if you come back here tomorrow, I'll be able to give you the tablets that I can insert inside you and then it will bring on a miscarriage. And then if that doesn't happen, if you don't start bleeding, um, you can come back in and we'll do the procedure after the bank holiday. Long story short, I take the tablets. They didn't tell me to be with someone and word to the wise girls, if anyone out there has one, make sure you're with someone when you take those tablets and you're sent home because I had really painful contractions, Um, really painful at my mum's house on the bathroom floor. And thank God she was there to look after my baby. But still no bleeding, I just had the contractions, which was then pretty horrendous. I then go back for them to tell me, oh, did they not explain to you what was left of your pregnancy? It was just a thickened lining. You didn't need those tablets anyway. So actually, I had a bit of a traumatic time. But weirdly, I took it a lot stronger than I thought I ever would. I thought the word miscarriage was the most terrifying thing. And I was like, oh my God, because I'm so obsessed with my baby, how could anyone go through that? And actually you do and you feel stronger we're currently trying for a baby at the moment and it hasn't worked straight away but we're only on a few months in and so part of me is a little bit worried because I've now had a miscarriage but also part of me goes 
give yourself a break it's only been a few months so I think I'll start to get a little bit more nervous if we hit over the six month mark but I don't know there might be loads of mums out there telling me not to be stupid and just that's not a very long time so I don't know it just makes you nervous after a miscarriage doesn't it but hey I know my body can do it because I've got my beautiful girl who is just amazing yeah I think it's good to share but I really want to make sure people know that sign of miscarriage is not like in the movies where you're suddenly just bleeding and there's loads of blood and everyone's crying my baby was just in there um so it, it's good to and I think the thing is listen to your gut I was feeling I'm, I don't feel pregnant and I was right so I think we are more in tune with our bodies than we know and I hope I get another happy ending after this and I hope everyone listening does too hi I know I'm late sending this in, but I promised myself after listening to your baby loss episode last year that I would be ready to tell my story this time around. So even if no one hears this, perhaps I will feel a little lighter by talking out loud. In honour of my darling son, Teddy, we were absolutely delighted to find out we were pregnant autumn 2018. After the standard number of ultrasounds and tests that are carried out, we were told everything was fine and baby was doing great. It was an enjoyable, low-risk pregnancy until I hit 33 weeks gestation. I hadn't felt him kick in a few hours, and although we were sure it was nothing to worry about, we went to the hospital to ease my anxiety. After numerous midwives checked me over, we heard the words every expectant parent dreads. I'm sorry, there is no heartbeat. Our lives came crashing down around us. We could not comprehend what the nurses were saying. We were so close to the end of our pregnancy. My healthy baby's heart had stopped and there was nothing we could do to change that fact. It was too late. He had died. The next few days were the worst of my life. We were sent home and asked to return the next day where I would deliver my lifeless baby on the maternity ward. Everyone at the hospital was telling me that the best way to do that was to take tablets that would bring on my contractions and deliver him naturally. In my opinion, there wasn't anything natural about what was happening to us and I made the decision to have a caesarean against all of the doctor's advice. Even in my bubble of immense grief, I knew myself enough to know I would not have survived a natural labour over a period of 24 to 48 hours. I was already thinking about how I could be with my baby. Although a C-section had its physical risks and recovery implications, my mental health should also have been considered. Looking back, I'm so glad I found my voice at this crucial time. The doctors finally agreed to the C-section and I was taken into surgery holding my partner's hand where my perfect, silent boy was delivered, weighing four pounds, six ounces. Leaving the hospital a few days later with empty arms shattered my heart into a million pieces and it will never fully recover. The next few months were a complete blur. I'm so thankful for friends and family who were there for me. They washed me, hugged me, and just sat with me and let me cry. After Teddy's funeral, we tried to focus on other things and continue with our lives, but I found it impossible. I couldn't even look in the mirror. I didn't recognize the person looking back at me. I didn't want to be that person, the girl who couldn't stop her baby from dying inside of her. I sought out counselling and was prescribed antidepressants to get me through those dark days and eventually started to see some joy in life again. Of course I still have bad days and things that trigger me but I've come to accept that we grieve so hard because we love so hard and grief and happiness can coexist. I've since gone on to have a healthy baby girl, my precious rainbow, 
who is a force of nature and will always have her big brother protecting her from beyond the clouds. Thank you for raising awareness, it's so important. And my heart goes out to anyone who is suffering with baby loss. Please be kind to yourselves. Thank you so much to those incredibly brave women for sharing their stories. Zoe and I will be back after the usual sponsorship reads. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. I think that is one of the most powerful episodes that we've ever done, George. Um, And I don't know about you, but I think the one thing that stood out for me is that, you know, I feel like if you do know somebody that is going through it, if a friend in your life, you know, it has experienced or is experiencing, you know, miscarriage or baby loss, you need to be there to show your support. You know, you've got to ask them those questions and and get your arms wrapped around them. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that we need to talk about. Mm. It's, it's, There's so many subjects and I think this is one that it's particularly, you know, the case that people sort of will maybe share their news with a friend and Mm. then it's not spoken of again. Yeah. And it's almost like that person is then left to deal with it by themselves and I think that's something everyone you know obviously everyone handles situations in a different way and you might you might have a friend who isn't ready to talk about it at the moment but I think the point is you have to keep checking in to make sure that they're not desperate to talk about it but they just don't feel like they can or they can't they, they can't start the conversation um, but yeah, I'm so glad we did this again um, because it, it's it's so important for us to sort of lift the lid on yeah. what, what exactly goes on as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also for those incredibly brave women that just came on to speak, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for doing that because that couldn't have been easy. Um, and we really, really hope all we want to do with special episodes like this is to help people listening so uh, I'm sure that's the case today Uh, if you do need some extra support Tommy's the UK's largest baby loss charity uh, obviously that's online they're there for you all you need to do is visit tommies.org and we're going to be back on Friday Insanity Group A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.